Nice little cute little intro you got there. Yeah. Welcome. This is uh, Manu Kobe. So, um, all right. So today's guest is a very special guest. Um, let's start off by. I don't know. He I'm has, special. Uh, <laughs> very special I'm a regular, guest. Regular he, person, has, man. he has five and a half years in law enforcement experience. He was a police officer for DHS police. He was in multiple shelters, including one of the most dangerous shelters in New York City. 30th Street, East Freedom, Fremont, Parkview. Well, Parkview wasn't even that dangerous. I mean, it was doable. Uh, Jerome Avenue, the most, well, the most dangerous shelter, in my opinion, is Charles Gate. He was also a former Special Operations Division officer for DHS. Welcome, Officer Walker. What's going on, everybody? Uh, What's going on, man? How you been, man? It's been uh, been some time since I've seen you. Yeah, you know, good, man. I just trying to try not to get old, even though it's gonna happen regardless of what I do. You know. And so a lot of people don't know. Um, well, Walker, he was um my you could say my field training officer, um, in DHS police. So first, start off, um. Thank God you were my field training officer because I was a little bit of a hothead <laughs> in those days. Uh, oh, uh, you, you saved my career probably like three times. I'm not even going to lie to you. That's actually a fact. Um, so let's start off by uh, what made you get into law enforcement to begin with, especially DHS? <laughs> Funny story, okay? My mom actually, this is just 10... 10, 15 years ago, way before it is now, before you used to be able to just go down and take the test, and um, you didn't have to go online and reserve a seat and anything like that. My mom had actually gave me the money to get a, um, a prepaid card and go take the test for correctional officer. Got that in there. I did, did that. Got the you know, prepaid card. Went down to the to the place, and I'm ready to take the test for correctional officer. I'm looking at the requirements, and it, this you know before I knew about. You know, you could sit the test and come back later and, you know, qualify later. I didn't have 39 credits and I had two years in the military. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. So I'm about to walk out. Um, The test proctor, the same day they was doing special officer and school safety. And she was like, why are you leaving? And I'm like, Cause I'm not, I don't have the, you know, requirements for, for correction officer. And when I went, she was like, yo, you can, you know, you can still take school safety or special officer. I said, I'm not, I'm definitely not taking school safety. Like, I, I just graduated high school. School safety is not something I want to be doing. And she's like, well, then, okay, take special officers. So that same day, I paid for the DCAS and House of Police. House of Police, for whatever reason, they just never called me and got in contact with me. Um, DCAS, they, two or three years later, I didn't know there was a hiring freeze. Two or three years later, they sent me um, a, a thing for my um, investigation after I had to like, you know, keep emailing and calling them and saying, hey, what's going on? They were like, oh, we emailed you a packet. And I'm like, never got a packet, but you know, I paid for a test. Like, let me know what's going on. I passed the test. Never heard anything back after that. But yeah, that's basically that's how it started. Um, after I took the test, I went on um, a forum, officer.com, and uh, they, they got they had like a little sub forum, you know, New York sub forum for anything that's going on in New York. You know about test process and everything like that. Uh, there's a lieutenant on there. I'm not gonna say their name, and you know, unless you you know so happen to come by them sooner or later. She, you know, I got in contact with her. She basically told me about DHS and everything that was going on. She told me about special operations and 
what to expect and everything like that. And, you know, from there, I got excited because at that time, I was just doing regular security. So now, just waiting and waiting and waiting. 2014, I want to say, was it September 2014? Yes, yeah, September 2014. Got a call. I thought passed, you know, the, the whole DCAS, DCAS background investigation. And I was put on backfill. I was put on backfill for the academy in October. And they never called me. Never called me. They were like, hey, listen, we're going to put you through, do your psychological and everything like that. Um, it's going to be on backfill in case somebody doesn't show up. First week of the academy or whatever, we'll put you on backfill, whatever. Um, about a week, you know, so passes of the academy start date. Never got a call. And when they finally do contact me, and I'm, I wasn't even in New York at the time. So I couldn't even just turn around and come back. I had just, I had literally just went on vacation. I'm like, oh, well, they would have, they had been called me. This is the academy started this day. I didn't get a call back. A week later, they called me, hey, you want to do the academy? And I was like, yeah, I got to wait for the next one. It ended up having to wait till March. They had to call me back, I think, February. I had to wait till March to start my first academy for DHS. But yeah, that's how it went. So how was the academy for you? Because for me, <laughs> um, in, in the other episodes, uh, I said a story about... Um, so, right, so when I got in, it was uh, September... Well, September 11th, 9th, um, 2019. Um this is like yeah, you talking about? Oh no, 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 sorry, sorry, you're right. Oh, you're right. 17, <laughs> 17. You're right, you're right, you're right. So my experience was a little different because my experience was the very last class run by DHS police before NYPD took over. So in my academy, it was a little bit of a mixture, like they had they had like a little NYPD guys coming in. But my experience in my academy was one one of the most bizarre things I've seen in the academy was um, I'm not gonna mention this this um, supervisor name he was a high ranking he was a high ranking um, I think he was a chief or something whatever you know and so he's talking to us in the academy in the academy and he's talking to us and these two guys come in and interrupt him rudely they didn't care who he was and they were like listen. I am IAB from NYPD. I'm going to lock all you guys up if you guys do this. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? This is like my this is like my first month in the academy. I'm getting threatened by PD. And those are the guys that are, are work for, for um, IAB for NYPD. I guess that's how to scare everybody. Whatever the case may be. But that was like, and then and then once they left, that chief was that chief was mad because you know they came they came in and they interrupted him and then and they didn't care who he was. That was my first interaction of of the new regime coming in, you know, but, um, how was your experience with the old regime? Like, like what, what was different in your eyes from the old regime to the new one coming in? Cause you lasted there more than me. Cause I lasted it a little bit, a year and a year and a half, almost two years. And I left. I mean, you don't say you left. You went to another agency. I don't want to say you well, left. Yeah, well, like you left and just, you know, had nothing else going on. You went to another agency. So it's not like you left, but, um, I don't know. To tell you the truth, I don't really think much really changed, honestly speaking. People made it seem like, you know, MRP is going to come in and do this and the third, and they ain't really do, from what i seen, they ain't really do much but make, you know, some of the, the good people want to get up and quit. I don't know what was going on with certain, you know, people's, you know, backstory or whatever. And it's not really nothing, not that really none of my business. 
But um, yeah, something you know, the the commission at the time just felt like the agency wasn't being ran as as good as it should have been, and it was incidents that occurred that DHS police just wasn't even there for. We just got the blame for whatever the fuck we wasn't even there for, like the incident at um, Harlem Boulevard. DHS police was not there for that when the you know the when the clients when killed his uh, his roommate. You know, when basically. The, Got decapitated, right? Yeah. Me wasn't there for that. But, you know, all over the news, commissioners like, oh, well, DHS police need to be retrained, this, that, and the third. Me wasn't there for that at all. Like, he wasn't even in that shelter. After that happened, it became a detail. It was originally only be a detail. It was only supposed to stay there for for three months. At that time, I was, I was still at CG. So, you know, they would send CG people over. And then, then, they, they would, then after like a month or two, there was a transfer list. Transfer list basically made its way and you know everybody was like, okay, well now it's gonna probably officially become a site. And then it became a 24-hour site instead of just an eight eight to four, four to twelve. Um every now and then they would send over over to eight officers. Once the transfer list came out, then you know, okay, yeah, it's definitely gonna become a site after the three months is up. And everybody was like waiting, waiting, waiting. Nobody ever said anything about it. It just became a site. And everybody was just stay, you know, just stuck there. Um there's another incident. That occurred in another shelter downtown. I forgot. I forgot what the name of the shelter was called. But DHS didn't stay there for long. I think we were only there for like a couple of, couple of months. This but this before your time, before you even came in. And um, same thing once again. We're getting blamed for something that we wasn't even there for. Oh wait, I was in the academy. Another situation. That but this is another the my commissioner, my first commissioner. I forgot his name. Um, it was a black guy. Um, and his place, Bronx Boulevard. Basically, a client that was transferred. From the shelter, I came back and kidnapped, raped, and killed the director, and that's why it's now called Anna's Place. Um, and you know, in remembrance of her name, this is literally why I was in the academy. But I think we was like a week, a week out from going to our, our sites. Uh, it was just a basic bunch of a bunch of situations that DHS police was not there for. Um, and we just DHS police just took the blame and the the brunt of it, and we wasn't there for those situations. And when the, the new commissioner came in, I forgot this guy's name. I despise this guy because he, he just made the most stupidest decisions. He turned around and says, hey, listen, I don't think that the DHS police just needs, um, you know, uh, to be overseen by another agency such as NYPD because they basically just don't know how to perform their job. Literally know nothing about DHS police. You, you know, it, it could have been simple, give us better training, a little bit better equipment, you know, better officers and stuff like that. But the officers you can't be blamed for for that because, you know, the pay, the pay just sucks. You want quality officers, you have to have, you know, quality quality pay. You know, cost of living is, is a hell of a shit, hell of a thing. Nowadays, but also, NYPD you know, couldn't even handle it either because a few years later, they left. What? They... They, they NYPD was, was only the NYPD management team was only there because the mayor and the commissioner said, "Hey, these guys need to be overseen by somebody else because they're fuck ups." In all reality, I don't think that should have been a thing. Um, it, it should have been. It was you know a, little, a lot of stuff that that was already in the works that people don't know about, like the OC spray training and everything like that, and taser training and everything like that. NYPD made it easier. For everybody to get that, because before the um, you know, the, the, the I'm gonna say the paper pushers, they didn't want everybody to have that. 
they didn't want this, they didn't want that, you know, they NYPD came in and said, hey, you know what? We're gonna make it easier for you guys to get this. That is the only significance that I can say that NYPD management team did for DHS police. On on my on, on, on my part. I don't know about what other people can say, you know, like probably like the academy instructors, Santos and them, they probably got better, you know, different trainings and things like that. On my part, all I seen was when people ask for more equipment, the agency as a whole, I mean, everybody, the people, the people that's based in the shelters said no. NYPD management came in and said, well, why don't they have it? Okay, give it to them. And that was it. There was no reason for us not to have OC spray or not to have a, a taser or anything like that. I can understand not wanting to give officers firearms because let's, let's, let's be serious. But regardless, you know, um, that, well, that was the only thing I well, said they did. The whole thing with the firearms in there, um, there's um, especially in those in those buildings. Sometimes there's only one way in, one way out scenario. Like there, there's not even space. Like in Parkview, when you and me was there, there weren't even space. Like these hallways were so tiny, and there was only one way in, one way out half of the time. So you can't, you can't, you can't use that. You can't use that because how many times did my PD come and help us with like a, a, a. a like that, that situation. Were you there for the fight situation? Were you there? I think you was there. You can't when, say that. When we when, when I had to put out the fire in the room. No, you wasn't nah, there for that, that day. That was past my time. That was yeah, that, that was past my time, I think. Well, you know, who was there? Because Johnson was there, Johnson was there. I, I I might you might I don't know if you I think he was there. He probably was off that day. But regardless. Um you can't yeah, you can't you can't use that. I I would say, you know, I, I, some officers don't deserve to carry a firearm. I ain't going to say no, no names, but some officers definitely wouldn't have been capable of, you know, certain stuff when it comes to carrying a firearm. Um, well, but definitely, that's you know, true. it should have been one or two officers that should have been qualified because, God forbid, if, if it ever did happen, a client decided to come in with, you know, and do something. There's literally nothing. There's literally damn near no way to stop this person. But, but, let's, not for, but, but let's not forget, in Parkview, you were there. There was a client that we didn't know about. They had a firearm in his room, that illegal firearm that he got a license from NYPD. So that the whole the time, no, that wasn't the client. Well, okay, it, it, it's, it's a little people... gray area. It's a little no, that, gray that, area. You no, know, no, it's not a gray area. That wasn't the client. I'm talking about a client deciding, you know, somebody wants to be, be that person and come in and shoot up a place and be an active shooter, or look to come in and harm somebody. There was nothing that it, most DHS officers could do, in most well, scenarios, for... stop that person. Well, for most people don't know, right? So in Parkview, it was pretty much a hotel before it got turned into a shelter. So everybody that was living there, they 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 were either they were given an option to stay or to leave. So there was one person there that stood and made it his own his residence. So it was, it was more know, than one person. It was it was a hotel at first. Then they started renting out rooms and keeping them you know permanently rented. And uh, it was like three three or four rooms I would say on the fourth or fifth floor. But yeah, they, they were permanent residents. They were not clients. So they could just literally come and go as they please. So there was like a big situation at one time because he had came down. He had came wasn't down. wasn't even a big situation. Let's not make it seem like it's bigger than anything it was. Uh, it wasn't a big situation. They she made it into, into a, uh, uh, NYPD management made it into a big situation because 
One, they were confused because the guy came down with the firearm and he gave and he said, "Listen, I have to return this firearm to uh, to to the cops Appreciate. because my license was expired or something like that." And then that's when he he tried to hand it over, if I'm not mistaken, to one of the DHS cops, and then they made a you know it, it went crazy, and then NYPD came and it was a big scene, and then they found out that he lived there, so he wasn't even a client, like you said, and he had a license, so. Mm -hmm. um, from, from there, it was like, you know, nobody knew that this guy had a gun upstairs. I mean, think about it. You're surrounded by ADPs most of the time in that in that place. Regardless, he, you see, we, we can't make it seem like he was a troublemaker. He was legally legally owned that firearm. That's you know, true. I don't know how he got the license and, you know, was able to keep it in his thing. Like, he probably had a premise permit. Regardless, we're not going to talk about him as if, you know, he was a, a troublemaker or anything like that. He legally owned that firearm. At the time, and you know, his license expired. I think it was like a day or two, a week. It had lapsed, something like that. He tell you, I forgot about it. I guess somebody probably called him and said, "Hey, listen, you know, your license expired. Uh, you might want to either renew it immediately, or you're gonna have to return that firearm before it becomes a, you know, a, a legal problem." He probably just had in his premises, you know, his premises the whole time. Probably completely forgot about it. I don't know. You forget about a firearm, but probably just completely forgot about it. And they probably called him and said, "Hey, listen, you know, you." Stuff's expired. I think we, we need to we need to see that firearm immediately. And when I so when I spoke to him, you know, basically what he told me, somebody called him, somebody got in contact with him, and they told him, "Listen, return the firearm, and that's it, or you're gonna get arrested." And he's like, "Oh no, no, no way." Went and got it, left him went about his business. That was it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um. So let's so let's talk a little bit about uh Charles Gate. I know in the academy when I was in the academy, they well they told us that this is the most dangerous shelter uh you could be in and all that, you know, and the hype was real. Um I remember my first day, they sent me there for training for maybe like two like two days, three days. And the place, in my opinion, I could be, you know. Is my opinion, but it was kind of. I felt like it was run like a prison, like like a jail. Like it was more like you had like um, you had dorms, and I may be exaggerating the number, but I'm just gonna say a random number of a dorm of like let's say a hundred or two hundred people, whatever. And then you had to patrol that area by yourself. I mean, when I was there, it was only one officer patrolling those areas, and people used to get raped in the bathroom, murders, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um. I was only there doing overtime here and there. L listen, I, you know, he, overtime here and there. I got into a couple scuffles here and there, but that was the extent of it. And then I hear rumors, you know, from other officers how how bad it was. You were there. I don't know how long, but you were there for a significant amount of time. How like how was your experience in, in like in Charles Gate? I I don't know about murders. I think that's a <laughs> that's a bit. Listen, I don't know. I'm just telling you that. But but what back in those days, people were telling me people used to get uh, raped maybe, and all maybe, that murder. Whatever. Maybe that was before my time at DHS. I I have never heard about anybody getting murdered on the island while DHS was there. Is it possible? I'm gonna say it. Um, has it happened? Not not as far as I know. As far as anybody getting murdered, you know, of course it's assaults and I don't know about rapes. Might have been probably like sexual assaults, but excuse me. But definitely not a murder or you know crazy raping or something like that. There there was about I want to say about a year or two ago off DHS property, 
um, a woman was alleged. I'm going to say allegedly um, beaten and probably allegedly sexually assaulted by a client that was within one of the shelters. Yeah, but um, as far as dangerous, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it dangerous. I mean, you know, I, I guess I want to say I thrived in that type of environment. You know, that's where you're gonna, you know, day and thirtieth street, you're gonna learn. You can really learn at any shelter. So I don't know why people act like it's a, oh yeah, you're gonna just learn here and there. Stuff happens everywhere. Stuff happens everywhere, everywhere, literally everywhere. You're gonna, you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn if you're looking to learn or if you work that shift. You're gonna learn. Well, it's simple as that. Also, what kind of person you are, because uh, if you're not that kind of person that's willing to, uh, if you're not, if you're, if, to, if you're scared to to, you're, to do law enforcement or take command of a situation, mm-hmm. don't do it. That's just, that's just period. Because somebody like me, if I see you scared as an officer and you give me the chance to run you over, I'm gonna run you over. Worry about the consequences later. That's your fault. That's and your that's fault, not my fault. and and that's why I was so um with me. I was so very on top of stuff, like, because this officer told me years ago when I was a volunteer cop back years ago, he told me, listen, I'm going to give you the best advice you, like, you're ever going to hear from a cop. And I was like, what? He said, I'm going to tell you something right now. If somebody tries to punk you in uniform and you don't do nothing or you don't stop it right then and there, then the next officer then the next officer can get hurt or killed because you, you know what I'm saying? So what he was telling me is that by you letting somebody like um let's say the word punk you or or make you scared and you don't do nothing or you don't act when that person committed a crime or stuff like that, the next time he sees an officer, he's gonna think it's okay. So when I came to DHS, I had that mindset. That's why I was always not on edge, yeah, but I was like like I didn't that, let nobody that officer gave you bad advice. Well, bad that's advice. what he told you me. You got plenty of people that turn around and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna punk this officer over here and do shit here." And then when they get they when they get they ass beat something like that or ass handed to them, all of a sudden now they want to you know file a lawsuit. But they were these big big badasses during that situation. Oh, I'm gonna fuck you up and I see. And then they get punched in the face or something like that or whatever. And then they claim excessive force. Officers are supposed to have you know tougher skin. They can't do this in the third. He gave you bad advice. I don't care. Let let them talk all the shit they want. Well, Freedom of speech. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not talking in a sense of they 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 punk you by cursing you out, whatever. And you don't do anything. I'm talking about if, let's say, for example, you, you get talking assaulted. about them breaking the law, and you let them get away with it. Then that's the officer's problem. Like, <laughs> I, don't like know what, you, I don't know what to tell like, you. Like you, like you getting assaulted, like like you getting hit, or you're not doing, or 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 you can, or you watched. A person get punched in the face and you're scared and you know and and you don't act on it. I seen look in DHS. I made sure that every client know that I was always a, a good officer, but I don't take any shit. Always, and especially in Parkview, so they they kind of knew that. I I always had like a like a fine line of if you cross this, you know. You know what I'm saying? So I always had um I, I I always had a good reputation, I guess in Parkview in DHS, but um in the beginning, I remember um I didn't take shit for enough for nobody. So I remember you actually uh had to stop me a few times and, and you actually guide me in what to do. And I actually learned how to how to how to do certain things in that job because in that job, all they want to do is get lawsuits. 
That's anywhere you go. You got some people that will literally sit around and look for cops just to fuck with them. Not in nine DHS, but <laughs> period. Just anywhere, period. You got these people that's gonna go around and see a cop and start filming them and saying, "Hey, what's this? What's that?" And you know, just doing something annoying just to fuck with them. But then you know, they, you got the ones that's gonna sit around and talk shit to you, and it's like, okay, I mean. <laughs> Outside the uniform, you don't know me. You you just don't like me because of my profession, which is which is okay. A lot of officers take that and you know they 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 run with it. Simple mm-hmm. as that. I wouldn't pay. I, most of them never paid the shit. No mind. So there you go. Yeah, that's true. But you you know I definitely learned f- from you how to um do certain things there, especially um back in those days. Like these clients will get you mad. Will get me mad. And uh, you actually, um, like I said, I learned from you how to do certain things without um, letting, without um, without me getting too pissed off and then cloud my judgment. So that I learned about you because because you, you were always calm, but you, but you were like a no-nonsense kind of person, like officer. So you were always like, by, like you were always doing everything by the line. Um. But you know, um, I, what was that one situation? Hmm. That one time. So, all right. So Walker, I don't, I don't know what you were doing, but you were in the lobby. I'm not sure if you remember. So, um, you told me to go do a uh, hit patrol in the building. So I'm here, like I'm here, like a commotion going on downstairs. And there was somebody like getting in your face. I'm not sure if 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 uh, you remember that um situation. Um, when I when I came Chicago, when I came up behind and then you talking about Chicago, yeah, What what happened? Like because but like as soon as I responded to it, once I saw his closest fist, that's when I just grabbed him from behind. So. I never really asked, like, what, like, what happened, or, or, or if I did, no, ask you're, not about, you're not talking about Chicago. You're talking about somebody else. Uh, the man, one what, where the one that I picked him up, and then uh, he landed like he landed like a extra machine because he he pushed himself back. Yeah, he just didn't want to cover your search. That, oh, that's what it was. You know, she's giving him, you know, verbal warnings. You know, you have to go through the motions, get them verbal warnings, so they can't say, "Oh, well, we didn't know about this." Well, okay, bro. He's, you don't want to cooperate, you don't come in. You keep on, they're going to give you a summons. You just have to come at a time where, you know, he decided he wants to boil his fist. I mean, uh, hey, swing if you want to. I mean, you know, simple <laughs> as that. So, when, you, know, you got to give them the verbal commands, you know, so they can't say, oh, well, you know, you were being excessive and you were, nah, he just given plenty of time. I'm under a camera. You can clearly see that, you know, I'm pointing and saying, hey, da, 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 even if you can't hear me, do this in the third. Simple as that. You don't want to co- you want to cooperate. You don't come in. You hold the line, and somebody else can't get searched because you don't want to cooperate. You get a summons or whatever else happens after that. Simple. I actually got sued in DHS for something so stupid. It was like some EDP. Um, he ended up like buying a heater or something. I don't know some bullshit like that. And uh, he wanted to take it upstairs, and um, he didn't want to let us. Um, Push it through to the action machine. It was a big situation. I called um Sergeant Face and everything. And uh he opened the box, I remember, himself to show us what it was. 
And because of that, he tried to say that me and, and, and the sergeant uh, violated his Fourth Amendment rights. Now, that shit was, uh, that shit even traveled to my new agency when I transferred. But that shit never went anywhere. He was just like a fucking EDP that just wanted to sue people and try to get some money off of shit. People, bro, people, I, I done seen somebody get sued for a pillowcase and a $10 cereal, bro. Dead serious. I wish I wish I was joking. I seen a lawsuit for a pillowcase, a ten dollar stereo, and a wooden cane. I wish it was a joke. I wish it was wow. a joke. I kid you not. <laughs> like it, 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 there, there's no violence in your fourth amendment right when it comes to you know when it comes to the shelter. When, you, when you're entering, when you're entering whatever is everything is subject to be in search. Everything is being searched. Yeah, because yeah. they sign a paper like a waiver when they come in, correct? That that we can't, that we are so, allowed so, to. For, so for couples, that they don't sign the paper. From, from my understanding, they don't sign a paper. Um, it, it's it's it's, a, it's perceived if you're coming in to a shelter, especially Parkview, since Parkview is privately ran. If you was at 30th Street or something like that, different story. They made them sign paperwork. Listen, when you come in, you're gonna have to get searched. Da 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 da. It's perceived anywhere you go. You go to a courthouse. You don't sign no paperwork that says, you know, you you you're automatically subject to being searched. It's very perceived. That's security. Any any perceived, you can if you want to come to my house right now and I say you got to pass this extra machine before you come in and you decide not to. You can't. You don't. Have, you can't come in my house. Don't let me. You know, come to your house. You be like, yo, take off your sneakers, take off your shoes. That's your rules. That's yeah. the rules of the shelter. That's the rules of the facility. If they say, listen, this is what we want you to do. This is what you're going to do. The DHS rules already specifically states that anybody that's contracted, Parkview is contracted. But what, what was their names again? I forgot. Agula. Basically, Parkview contracts Agula, and there's already procedures rules. So when these people come in and they see the extra machine and everything like that, a normal person is already going to know. Put my stuff through here, take off this, take off that. Most people are all going to know. Whatever. That's why you, you explain something. Listen, if you want to enter the facility, you need to be searched. If you don't, if you don't want to comply with the search, you don't come in. If you hold up search, you're not breaking the law. And if you continue, you can get some disorderly conduct. Probably, you know, depend on how ridiculous it becomes. OGA resisting, unnecessary stuff. Simple as that. Mm, okay. So let's. Um. So do you remember any like? Were you involved in any situation that, like, okay, what what's the most dangerous situation you've been a part of in the agency? Like mm-hmm. that that will make you think back, like, well, this one, this one was a close one, or this one was a uh... none of the above. <laughs> I don't I, I don't think there was a d- dangerous situation. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm really not gonna lie to you. People, whatever situations people that other people are going through, I don't think that. I myself would say I had a, a dangerous situation. I'm not, I'm not even trying to seem like a tough guy or anything like that. I didn't. I don't. I don't go home and be like, "Oh man, I'm gonna have a nightmare about this." Nah. <laughs> you know, if people people knew the person I was before DHS. Then you already know I was calling about a lot of stuff, so that didn't really matter to me. You know, it's all you as a person that you might you know perceive something to be dangerous. I don't think that there was a dangerous situation. Um, to speak of in DHS, honestly speaking, for me that I was there for, that I was present for. Mm, so, um, okay, um, so let's talk about your um, your um, what what unit again you were a part of, and for and for how long you were there. What special operations? 
Yeah. Um, special operations over there for what six months, and then you know our, our commission at the time, he decided that um, but once again another incident that we had nothing to do with, um, that he didn't want officers going into shelters and taking people out of um, form and stuff like that. A lot of people don't understand that when with special operations, um, we had the warrant squad. The warrant squad basically we would go in and pick people up for only specific offenses. We weren't going if you were if you had pissing and little tickets, stuff like that. We weren't picking up for that. Unless you had like three harassments tickets or whatever that, you know, you're popping for warrant for. We're not picking you up for no damn harassment or peeing in the street or something like that. It had to be assault. You know, you was, you was wondering about detective squad for for some type of felony or multiple misdemeanors and stuff like that. Um, most, most of the time, we would go out with NYPD and NYPD would, you know, they would take out half the rest. So if we had, if we were paying up 40 people, the local precinct, you know, they would, they would take half of those 40 people, um, depending on what their, their cases were. And that would count towards their arrest count. So now it shows activity that they picked up 40 people. Uh, <laughs> so even though in reality, we're the ones that really did, the, you know, the, the hard work and all they did was come and pick up the bodies with us and then take them off our hands. That, that was the trade. We we searched mm -hmm. a, a client. A shelter might have two hundred clients. Forty of them got warrants. Forty of them got women that we could pick up. It could been it could have been federal, it could have been local, it could have been state. They had warrants. We could have picked them up. Uh, we sometimes we would call the local precinct and be like, "Hey, listen, you know, you got a conditions team, or you got anybody that you know looking, in, they they need some activity or whatever. Let us know." Most of the time, of course, they're gonna say yes because you know the more people you know you show for activity and show that you're making arrests and everything like that, it goes on your activity sheet for Comstat to show that you're making arrests. You're doing something, regardless of where the crime happened. That it could have happened in the Bronx, we in Brooklyn. If you got picked up in Brooklyn, guess what? They get it gets counted for the arrest in Brooklyn. And okay. were were you guys a part of were 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 okay for starters? So were you one of the officers who? Caught that guy who um who decapitated somebody in uh what is it? Um, uh, I to tell you the truth, I don't know what what exactly happened with that situation. Um, <laughs> funny story though. Um, about a week after that situation occurred, uh, I was doing a talk to eight, and me and another officer, well, two other officers, we was going to we was going to pick somebody up and trade and, and trade out that we was. I'm not sure if it's a hospital, or another shelter, or whatever. But um, yeah, we're basically going to you know pick somebody up, trade out for whatever reason, and we walk down. We you know we're driving down to the twenty fifth, and we seen somebody that looked just like the guy, literally spitting spitting image, just like him, here, you, you know, same skin complexion. I be, I think he didn't have the height. I think he was off by a few inches or whatever. Basically stopped him and um took his ID, and it it it, it, it wasn't him. But as as far as that situation goes, I think they said that the guy that um. The guy that killed that de that decapitated the teacher, he um I think he they say he was found dead a couple months later, or something like that. I'm not I'm not sure if he actually got caught. To tell you the truth, um that's something I probably have to look into afterwards. But I think somebody somebody was telling me that he got um that he was found in a park later on, um his body was decomposing or something like that. And then he was already like dead, like a, a week or two, at, um when they when they found his body. So I don't I don't know if he got arrested for it. I think I think he passed away. Um, wow. Or yeah, that, I don't know. that shelter when I was working there, it was probably one for me. For me, like I said, like in in 
and like you said, every every officer is different. For me, that was probably one of the most dangerous shelters that I was I was I was a part of because it was a mica shelter. Anyway, and there was a lot of EDPs, and it was kind of like it was it was like an open kind of environment. Um, so there was there was like a lot of fights there. Um, it was. It was a very dangerous. I, 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 all right, so one time I got into a scuffle there. Um, there was a guy that um, he came in, and he had drugs in his hands. I forgot what it was, like a needle and a few of the drugs. And no, 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 he had it in his book bag, and he said, "I found these drugs." Amnesty. Because <laughs> so. So he said, I don't want it. And I looked and I'm like, what do you mean you don't want it? And then my partner, I forgot her name, was a, was a female. She said, you know what? Put your hand on your back. That guy swung at her, right? He missed. When I tried to grab him, she came in and uh, what's his name? There was an officer there. Uh, um, Donalyn, I think his name is Donalyn. What, what was his name? He, he's the fire department now. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's down the line. Yeah. He came, man, listen. The guy, was like, the guy was like 6'7", 6'8", huge guy. Me and him were tussling with this guy. Um, He had pushed the machine, the extra machine, the uh, the 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 uh, scanner, mm-hmm. and, and it actually fell on the sergeant. I, his name. I think it was Santana, his name is. Old um, Puerto Rican guy. <laughs> he, got, he, he, got, he got punched in the face and then the machine fell on top of him so we're struggling with this guy for like it must have been like five minutes so we managed to put I managed to put one cuffs on him right and then we put so we ended up putting two cuffs on him so so the machine is already destroyed everything's on the floor so we're trying to drag him downstairs to our office so what he does he throws himself don't say drag don't say drag, don't say drag. escorted him Right. So what he did was he had the idea to throw him like he was all right, there was one officer, I was behind him holding him from the back, and then there was an officer in the front. His idea was I'm gonna throw myself so we can all fall. So we all end up falling down the stairs. We get up, and, and this is not even this is like a movie scene. He there was a refrigerator downstairs next to our office. I don't know if 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 you remember that refrigerator. So mm-hmm. he he ends up I don't I, I don't know how throwing that refrigerator and almost landing on the sergeant again. Almost. After that, we managed to put him in the office in the little chair. So what happens? I'm thinking, okay, we got a collar. Um, my hand is swollen. Um, supposedly that officer, uh, what's his name? You said um. Uh, Donald supposedly his wrist was broken according to him at the time and the and the officer the female officer her back was all scratched um, I'm thinking okay we got a call or whatever and as soon as he says the devil told me this to do it then the sergeant says let's just EDP him guys all of us are injured all of us are injured my head is swollen. This guy supposedly risk is broken. This girl is injured, and the EDP. And so he, so he didn't do no time. He just straight EDP him. As soon as he says, 
The devil told me to do it. That was that. So that was so, one of the, so the problem with that situation right there is number one, um, not that's not an arrest. I'm saying right now, if somebody is coming to give you, ed, you know, I want to say illegal contraband or whatever, um, shelters are supposed to have an amnesty box, or you know, if, if somebody walks to a precinct with a firearm, an illegal firearm, they give it to they give it to an officer, you can't arrest them for that. Same situation. So like, that would went to the DA, you told the DA, oh, but I tried to get them the drugs, they refused, they tried to put me under arrest. Case thrown out. Simple as that. So, I mean, <laughs> luckily enough, that wasn't a lawsuit, but had that been me, y'all did that to me, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, free money. You just fucked up. So I'm trying to give you something, and you're telling me no. They trying well, to arrest me and detain me person. for it. No. It wasn't his person. So? I just give you a perfect example. If I, walk into, if I walk into a precinct with a firearm, an illegal firearm, and I, and I give it to the desk officer, I give it to the person at the front door, the station house officer, and they try to put me in arrest, it's going to be like, yeah, no, this is fine property. This is not arrest evidence. You can't use it to arrest evidence because they're trying to give it to you. And that's exactly what I was told. I'm like, no, nah, I walked in, I tried to give it to them. They try to put me under arrest. It's on camera. Run, subpoena the camera. I would have lost that case. It would have been, been thrown out by the prosecution. Well, like I said, that's what happened that day. Um, and like I said, I think I had like maybe like had to be like three months in, four months in or something. But uh, that day, it, it was it was, it was was like, to me, it was just like, I, well, at the time, uh, I thought, I was like, wait a minute, how come we didn't call this guy? I mean, we all messed up here. We all fucked up. My hand is swollen. But ended up, obviously, um, he ended up just EDP and him and stuff like that. So, like I said, in my experience, that shelter was one of the bad ones because there was a fight every day. But then again, the officers that were there, they were legit tough guys. They were the le they were the legit people there, uh, working in that shelter. So to them, it was normal. To me, I was just like, it wasn't normal for me. I want I want to say tough guys, but you know they were they were good people. I ain't gonna say tough guys, good people. <laughs> well, at the time, like I said, I I thought they were they were all right guys there, but um, but yeah, man. Um, sometimes I I I, I kind of miss those days. But other times I'm like, damn, the pay wasn't all that, and to and to be uh, getting into scuffles all day and all that other stuff, it just wasn't my cup of tea. So <laughs> so I had to transfer. I mean, listen, listen, um, for people like you and everybody else who lasted more than two years there, you guys are a different breed. Like you guys are legit because I just couldn't take it anymore. There was so much fights, especially in Parkview, and like in in, in the morning tour. Uh, it was it was it was a lot it was a lot of stuff that I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just too much. Well, you got lucky with decas. So there you go. So I right, so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna share a video right now, right? Um, and since it happened in in Parkview, I want to see what you think of it. All right, let me see. Give me one second. Um, because it's on YouTube. Uh, One second, bro. Come on, man. You're supposed to have this ready, ready, man. It's supposed to have been a one, two, three click thing. Uh, did you see it? Uh, do not see. I see a four, three station house podcast. Hold on. So, you see the video? Now? 
No. I do not see it. Oh, okay. There you go. Sorry. Let it go difficulties. <laughs> All right. So you don't see it like in the screen? Oh, you're talking about this thing with McLaughlin. I've already seen this video before, bro. Yeah, but can you see it, bro? I already, I already seen this video. We don't even, you don't need, I mean, if you want to play for the stream, you can play for the stream. I agree. Go ahead. What's that right Okay, you're gonna ask me my opinion about this video. Yes. <laughs> so, so backstory of this video from, from what I was told from the people that was there. Um basically the client was already agitated by a staff worker. Uh, I guess the staff worker had him and the staff worker got, got into a back and forth, and officers they went to go speak to the client. Instead of trying to figure out, you know, what 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 originally had happened, um, I think the staff was trying to clean something or, or something to that nature, and I think the client, the client had did something, and they got into an argument or something like that, and then you know security came and they saw that hey the client's agitated blah 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 this and the third, and instead of trying to figure out which isn't really I, I would say one hundred percent the officer's fault because you know you you want to sort of calm down the agitated one. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically what happened. And, you know, of course, you see what happened in the video. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's too much that could have been done there other than, you know, practice some type of, of, of distance. We don't know what the officers were told before, before, you know, that, that whole thing is being recorded, you know, depending on what security might have told them, you know, now you walk up to a person and they're already agitated and already on 100. You know, you're going to probably assume that they're probably telling the truth. But from what I was told, um, yeah, staff fucked up. Staff fucked up, security fucked up, and probably a, a better story probably should have been told to the officers. And that situation probably could have been avoided. Unfortunately for the um, you know, the officer, because I think he was out for like I think six weeks, and he was just leaving to go to another agency. <laughs> he was leaving to go to another agency. That's the sad part about it. That um, that 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 incident right there basically delayed him from being able to go to another agency for about two to three months because of what occurred. And it's crazy because uh you and me up um patrol these those 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 exact hallways and stuff like that. I mean we we've been in a lot of situations together with, with EDPs and stuff like that and, and and but um we never got into the in, in a situation that like the way the way that happened um i think maybe 
you know exactly what what you said. He should have um, kept his distance, or at least saw the signs, um, like from the beginning, like like the way he was, and especially how how, how he grabbed his masks. And the signs like that. don't even matter, you know. Him grabbing the mask that, that that's this is problem. That's this problem. They teach you in the academy, you know, at least twenty one feet, regardless of what's going on, at least twenty one feet if you can. Is that realistic most of the time? Well, not most of the time. Some of the times, no. This is a situation where you're definitely not going to be able to be 21 feet from a person unless they're in the middle of the hallway. You're on, you know, you're on the other side of the hallway, and then you can say, okay, 21 feet while I speak to the individual. This man is in the doorway. We already know those, those rooms are the biggest. He's in the doorway. They're trying to get him to calm down or whatever. I'm going to say allegedly trying to get him to calm down. Allegedly. And, um, yeah, situations go south for them. Simple as that. Um, could could an injury have been prevented with better restraint te- techniques? Yeah, one hundred percent. Could an incident have been prevented with better restraint? I techniques? think I think his partner. I mean, we both know her. Um, I worked with her in the midnight um, many years ago. Um, I think she did the best she could in that situation. I think she did the best she could. I don't even critique or anything because she did the best she could, uh, especially in the situation she. Uh, she was so, um, I, I you know I didn't see nothing wrong that she did. I think she did pretty good, uh, you know, for the situation for the thing that she could have done. I agree too. I agree too. But like I said, you know, we wasn't there, so we we don't know what what was going on before the camera started rolling. A lot of people, you know, they'll see us incident on camera, and be like, oh, these people were in the wrong. They don't know what what occurred before that situation. My my thing is distance, and if you could try to avoid, you know, uh, an arrest something like that, or EDP, or having to send somebody to the hospital, then you you can like, try to avoid it. You know, if if, if you if you walked away and he was still acting up, it's the middle of the night, people want to get sleep, they got probably got work in the morning. You know, you have to have good enough reason to want to, so you know, you get you get them a chance to fuck up. Simple as that. If you keep going on with this for hours, so okay, now we give you a discount summons. Now we might EDP you. Okay. I'm glad I'm you know like this may sound like crazy but out of my whole academy class it's probably two three of us obviously it was two people in, my, in the park view with us that were in my academy I think us three were the only ones out of my whole academy that didn't get badly injured I know a few people got their hands broken in my academy so it, you know you talking about DHS or you talking about DCAS? No, no, DHS, DHS. Well, Dawson never got I hurt. Don't, I don't, no, no, I, okay. Probably Jordan about, got hurt. listen to this, about 80%, Squirrel. probably. Something. Well, well, I'm actually right? counting down. So, at, mm-hmm. uh, probably about 80%, no, no, at 80%, because I, I've talked to a few of them after I left, and about 80% of them out of my whole class Got badly injured, or 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 whether they got the hand, uh, whether they had the hands got broken, or whatever it is the case may be. So, um, it's it's crazy how out of like a whole forty of us, um, a few of us obviously didn't get badly injured. It just tells you that uh, how obviously every office is different. But still got my class A's. Hold on, forgot that this was there. <laughs> That's the classic. 
I actually, believe it or not, I actually still got my shirts. It's somewhere in storage. I actually still got them. Hey, man. It's good news, man. It's what made, it's what made, what made it to y'all today, so there you go. I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, I enjoyed every bit of it, uh, especially all the supervisors that, that trained me uh, in there. Um, I know I know Santos got promoted to lieutenant. I just saw today in a picture. Yeah, now he's been in for like a, a month or two now. Uh, so that's good for him. Um, it was a good experience for what it was. Um, I learned a lot, um, obviously from you. And I, I talk about I talk I talk about this guy every day, even though even until this day, Sergeant Facey, he's he's been like he was good to me, man. Like he, he's scumbag. So he is. He's a scumbag. He's my favorite scumbag, but he's a scumbag. Like <laughs> like he's like I'm not gonna lie, man. That guy did a lot for me, man. Like. He did a lot for me. He's like probably one like my mentor. I, I, like I love him like a father. He's been. Uh, remember remember he's you been, when you were hugging the kiss on your on your last day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he <laughs> was good to me, man. He was good to listen, listen, listen. He was good to me. Yeah, he's the reason why I made it out. Oh, well, um, please. So I I do have to give him props for that. Um, especially you, you guys, you guys were good to me. Um, so you know, it it, it was a good experience for what it was. Um, I wouldn't do it right now. One, the money, and two, uh, I'm done doing all that crazy scuffling. You know that I'm not doing that no more. That's 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 already that's already. Uh, I leave it for the young guys. <laughs> I mean, if you come, if you, if you just heard 21, you still live with your parents, you get some experience. You know, I mean, me personally, I wouldn't do it at, at my age in the situation that I'm in. Um, you know, if you're just coming out of high school or, you know, you just turned 21 or whatever, and you can just get some experience. You don't want to do corrections. You don't want to do school safety. School safety, you go to school safety, it's the same thing. You're getting the same pay. You're dealing with children. You'll have your peace officer status, whatever, but you're dealing with children. And, you know, seldomly or every now and then you're dealing with parents and teachers and staff members. Not as much, but you're dealing with children more than you are. Um... Corrections just changed their thing to high school diploma only. You don't, you no longer need the thirty nine credits or the two yeah, years but military. But but if you had two years of peace officer, you could do you you they could uh they they will they will let you bypass and corrections. No, it's it's changed now. It's no more none of that. That's that's done. That's done. They took away all yeah. that. If you have your high school diploma, your GB equivalent, you can apply for corrections. You no longer need two years peace officer. You don't need the thirty nine college credits. You don't need the military. You can literally be 21 years old, never had a job a day in your life. And as long as you got your high school diploma, your, your driver's license, and your and your or your GED, you can get hired for corrections. You ain't got no crazy felony case or misdemeanor open case or whatever. You can get hired with corrections. No longer they, they took that away. That's that's done for. hundred percent. Well, Walker, you know, uh, thank you for coming in. I know we, we're running out of time. I really appreciate you, everything done for me in DHS, and, and, I, and I'm glad you actually came to the show. Of uh, uh, I appreciate it. Hopefully you can come back again and, and we'll do like a segment and stuff like that. Um, I, I think that would be fun. Yeah, sure, man, let me know. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for everything, and, and hopefully uh, you can come back again. Yeah, let me know, man. I'm out. I'm off on the weekends, so whenever you know we can, right. we can figure something out, I'll come through. Yo, Do a little I appreciate everything, man. Of course, man. Be safe, all man. Right, all right. Right.
you too. All right.